Welcome to On the Agenda with C&Z. We're two best friends with the plans for bringing a little fun and adventure into every day. We're here to inspire your next activity. Let's chat about what's on the agenda today. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of On the Agenda with C&Z. So we've officially entered February. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering why it's not spring yet. I feel like in Arizona, like with the weather, it just like this winter to spring transition just like hits differently. Like I've already been out to the pool multiple times. Like I have a heated pool because that's what Arizona is on. Yes. I'm just ready to pack up the sweaters and and break out my floral dresses. Like we've got things to do this month. We have things to do. Uh, You know, hear me out. February means Valentine's, okay, then your birthday, which then means March, which yep. then means florals, which then means <laughs> my birthday, okay? Can you tell I am ready for more activities? Oh my gosh, seriously. <laughs> I know, it already feels like February, like, February 1st hit, and like, uh-huh. I was just thinking about all the things we have going on, I'm like, okay, it's day one, day don't one, stress. Day one, slow down. But it's okay, <laughs> we've got our planners out, we've, we we're, we we have it on the agenda. It is on will. the agenda, if you, if you will. If you will. Um, so we hope that the last episode inspired some ideas for you guys for getting the gals together and celebrating your friendship. Um, you know, Galentine's Day is February 13th, you know, officially or unofficially. I have no idea if that's an actual I'm gonna holiday. I'm going to say it's, it's official to me, so that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, <laughs> you know, as we get older and busier, it's definitely easy to take friendships for granted because it's like... In the back of your mind, you know they're always going to be there for you when you need them. But, like, that also doesn't mean you you shouldn't put the effort in to cultivate those friendships and really show up for people. Because I think that we always think our friends will be there, but if you don't nurture something, like... That's that's not a great assumption to make. Yeah, totally agree. Um, you know, last week we gave you guys a bunch of tips for an at-home brunch idea for Valentine's Day. And as you know, this week we really wanted to take a deeper dive and take some time to discuss the value of friendships and what that actually means to us. Yeah, so most of our friendships are, you know, female with the exception of a few guys who are great, love them, one of our most loyal podcast listeners shout out to Thomas um you know it's amazing but you know I think the advice we have like it's pretty universal regardless of of gender yeah I I agree and I I think Galentine's is the opportunity to evaluate friendships I think so much of the first half of February is dedicated to trying to plan the perfect date night with your significant other but how much are we looking at other types of relationships Part of keeping a healthy mindset, I think, is to regularly Mm -hmm. evaluate friendships and touch base on um, if your goals are aligning, are you still sharing those passions? We'll get into that later. But like, are you having fun in your friendships just like you would reevaluate? Are you having fun in a relationship? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think that like, you know, you can just like there's relationships where it's like, it starts off great and like, you know, you're in one place, but years later you're in these new chapters of your lives. Like you can outgrow like a a romantic Mm relationship, just like you can outgrow friendships. And I think that, you know, it's unfortunate when that happens, but it's not healthy to hold on to something that's like not working for, for either party. And, you know, I think quarantine this past Mm -hmm. year has definitely been a way to like take a look at your friendships and and evaluate like where they're at you know when you don't have like the convenience of just meeting up at a bar for happy hour (laughs) 
who shows up for a FaceTime date? You know, mm-hmm. who, who is checking in on you? Right. And, you know, I think there are times where I felt bad, like, oh my gosh, I haven't talked to this person in forever. But then I realized, well, they haven't reached out either. You know what I right. mean? And I think it's that, that's what you have to focus on too, is it's like such a two way street. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think that you also have to recognize that in your life, like there's going to be different levels of friendship and yeah. throwing it back to, to a little Greek philosopher moment. Oh, um, TBT. TV, real, real TBT. <laughs> um, you know, Aristotle, I thought this was super interesting. He described three levels of friendship. So the first one was friendships of utility or what I like to call convenience friends mm-hmm. or proximity friends, depending okay. on if ge- geographic location is playing a factor. Mm. Um, you know, these are people that like you see them at work or, you know, you are in the a same volunteer group, something that just makes it like, you know, you're going to see them because of a task, because of something else, but there's right. not really... You're not, like, going out of your way to see them yes. because it's kind of... It's convenient. If the activity ends, the, the friendship, friendship might end, too. Gotcha. Like, that's, like, kind of that, like, lowest level of friendship. And then okay. there's friendships of pleasure. And these are just those people who might be here for a good time, but maybe not a long time, <laughs> right? So, you know, you have those fun times with them. They're, like, those people that, like, you call when you're, like, who would be fun... To go out to Old Town with yeah. tonight. Who are we going to throw into the mix to spice it up a little bit? Exactly. So like that kind of friendship. Okay. But they're not the people that you're going to have like deep emotional talks with. Sure. So it's like, you know, you can, you could be down to invite them to parties and things like that, but mm-hmm. they, they might not be the person that you go to when you really need something. Yeah. Not like the third level of friendship, which is friendships of good. So that's where that emotional, like long lasting connection comes in because there's trust between two people. And to that end, I just thinking internally, it's important to remember that you yourself might be any one of these types of friends to somebody. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't devalue you. Like if you're the best, most perfect friend and most long lasting friend, maybe it's good for you to be the life of the party. Maybe it is good for you to have, be a convenient friend to somebody um, during a task. Sometimes those things are still mutually beneficial. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we have this podcast together. You're like in the deepest, like inner <laughs> circle of like friendship, but we also have other friends because that's healthy. We like, right, of course. we need to like, you know, cause I, you know, we'll, we can talk about this further. Like, you know, in, in the podcast, when it comes to like our, our, our differing activities and like even our jobs, like, mm-hmm. right. Like there are just some things where it's like, I won't be able to understand what you go through on a day to day as a nurse right. because I'm not in it. And it's not something that like I can put myself like in your shoes for a day, like in the literal sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just would never, I just don't understand the whole marketing business side of the world. You know, numbers are really not part of my, my mindset at work unless I'm running a drip, you know? So those are just things that, you know, I don't think about either. So, so having people that relate to you again for different reasons and things like that, that's totally fine. And, you know, today we're really going to focus on those long lasting ride or die relationships, including compatibility and what those look like. We know people like the Myers-Briggs, like the Enneagram kind Mm -hmm. of like assessments. And what does that actually mean for friendships? Um, You know, we'll also look at, um, what we need in long lasting friendships, like what we see as like critical, like if these things aren't happening, it's time to reevaluate either the tier of friendship or whether the person should even be in our lives or not. Right. And then finally we'll get a little scientific here and talk about like 
why, why are we even talking about friendships today? Right? Like Mm -hmm. what is the value of that to you guys? And we, there's some research that we found pretty exciting. So, um, you know, first off, we'll kind of just throw it to go into compatibility. Yeah. So, you know, one thing I want to, I'm thinking about when I think about compatibility is are you naturally compatible or do you have to find ways to understand a partner, a friendship, whatever it is, and overcome those differences? Does that make you stronger in the end? So hmm. natural compatibility versus understanding people on a, on a different or sometimes even deeper level. Does that bring you joy? How do you like to be cared for? Stuff like that. You know, and how, how do you deal with conflict? These are all topics within compatibility. So um, the first thing that I think about that I, I discovered this years ago, and it was a real strong read on myself. When I, <laughs> when I read this about myself, I just felt completely exposed and naked to the world. Um, I almost didn't want to even tell people what I was because I was like, if you read this, that is me. And um, that's Myers-Briggs. So the Myers-Briggs, it's 16 different personality types. It's a strong read, y'all. I am an ENTJ, um, and Court is an ENFJ. So yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are pretty close in compatibility, if you can't tell by now. Um, but what I want to bring out in that is, is the different, you know, the similarities and then the one letter difference that we have. Yeah, so it's an impactful difference. It is an impactful difference. And so I just want to quickly go over the, the letters. So it's E versus I. So we're both E's. So it's extroversion versus introversion. And a little bit of what we talk about a lot is how do you derive your energy? Do you derive your energy from other people or do you derive your energy alone? So that's kind of the, the biggest point between extroversion and introversion version um are you more outgoing versus more private isn't all i think is the stereotypical thing that people think of but it is a factor um and then you have um s versus n so sensing versus intuition so how do you prefer to take in information Mm. so sensing is focusing on the reality of how things are paying attention to concrete facts and details Whereas intuition is the imagination of possibilities of how things could be noticing the big picture and kind of going with that gut feeling, which I think mm. both of, both you and I do lean heavily on our intuition a lot, which is interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, it's been a while since I looked at this and um, now I'm curious, like what my, what my boy, my, my boyfriend would be on the Myers. Yeah. Cause I think too. that like sensing versus intuitive is super interesting because like, there can be conflict between like more people who are more logical brain versus more like emotional brain. And yeah, so like, like sensing is yeah. much more literal and intuition is more conceptual. Right. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of interesting. And then here's, here's where we differ. Um, this is how do you prefer to make decisions? T versus F mm. thinking versus feeling. So I'm thinking Courtney's more feeling and we'll, we'll play into this. I mean, this is a theme I think throughout all of our compatibility types, but thinking is making decisions in a more impersonal way, using logical reasoning, valuing justice, fairness, enjoy finding the flaws in an argument. That's definitely me. I am, I can be argumentative. I can be hyper competitive. That is truly me to a T. <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, she's going to be an Enneagram eight. Yeah. Coming well, up. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. And then, and then court, you base your decisions based on personal values, valuing harmony and forgiveness. 
I like disruptive. I don't think harmony is. <laughs> I, I I don't always value harmony. I really it's, it's I really the chaos. For it's you. the chaos. It's the positive <laughs> chaos for me. But but feeling is more warm and empathetic, and I think mm-hmm. I can be a little bit colder, and I recognize that. Yeah, but I think that that it, you know, it, and we'll talk about this like in the Enneagram part too, because I think that a lot of these you know compatibility things or personality tests, like you start to to get themes right throughout, mm-hmm. which is, which is good. Cause I mean, you know, that's, it kind of helps with the validity of them, but I think what makes that good in our friendship is, you know, I think with the empathy with like really caring about other people, like that leaves me sometimes a little vulnerable. Right. And mm-hmm. it leaves me to like sometimes be taken advantage of because I worry like about making other people feel bad or like, yeah. you know, putting myself in on the back burner, you know, for other people. But I think that, because you are sometimes the the opposite in like, you know, being very critical of people's intentions and, mm-hmm. you know, seeing like some of those flaws, like it's good for us to bounce things off of each other to say like, hey, this is going on. Like, am I in the wrong here? Like, what are your thoughts? And, you know, to kind of help carry that burden, but also be, be someone to say like, no, you need to stick up for yourself in this situation. And I've, I've been in many of those where it's been really critical to have someone who thinks differently from me. Yeah. And I, I think, I think to that end, it's important to have beyond having someone thinking differently. It's like, where can, it's like, where do we compliment each other? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's a huge thing is that, you know, I'm, I'm definitely getting into our next letter quick to judge right? I think we're both, we're both judging. So it's J versus P judging versus perceiving. Um, you know, we get, which means we get to the same decision. Oftentimes we get, we come to the same conclusion, but it's, how do we prefer to make that conclusion? How do we get there? I jump fast. I think I jump fast. I act fast. You take your time, which is, which is sometimes good. Sometimes I can make a heated decision and you think, wait a minute, let's think about other people. I don't always think about other people. But we come to that same judging conclusion that J versus P, judging versus perceiving, is how do you prefer to live your outer life? So this is, we both prefer to have matters settled. We think rules and deadlines should be respected. I think that's a part mm-hmm. of what makes us so goal-oriented is that we have those guidelines for ourselves. We prefer detailed instructions, stuff like that, that, you know, it, Jay doesn't necessarily mean judgmental of, of other people. It can mean judgmental of yourself. So mm, yeah. um, that's kind of my, my, uh, my dig on Myers-Briggs, but it, uh, I would encourage you guys to take the test. It's free online. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how like, you know, the people that you are friends with, like you could have a lot of those similarities, but that one letter difference could be where your strengths and strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. come to play and how, how you could really leverage that like with each other. Yeah. And I think, you know, Enneagrams have been something that have been super popular recently. I feel like people are talking about those like more and more. Yeah. Um, I know you've taken like an official one that mm-hmm. like you've, you've paid for. I haven't done that yet, but I think the free versions that oh, I've free taken are, are, are good enough to read. Um, but you know, I think so those are, those are very much, um, you know, in the vein of Myers-Briggs, what we just discussed, like having those differences that then complement each other, I think our Enneagrams are really revealing in that way too. So mm-hmm. Zia is an eight um, with a with a wing of seven. Mm-hmm. So her primary is going to be this challenger role, whereas mine is primarily a two with a wing of one. So that's 
the helper and then mixed with a little bit of perfectionist, which <laughs> couldn't be me. Not, um, never, <laughs> never met her. Never in my life. Um, but I was doing some research on, um, you know, both of our Enneagrams and was able to on like the Enneagram, like the Institute site, like look at the compatibility between eights and twos. And oh, no. there was some oh, interesting no. stuff that came up, you know. <laughs> I'm scared. So, <laughs> so some things I like, you know, both are action oriented, want to have a personal impact on their environment. Um, both can be sentimental and deeply feeling with a soft side that is more hidden than apparent. Both can play the roles of provider, protector, caretaker, and nurturer, while sometimes avoiding or even denying their own needs. Um, both tend to overwork themselves and both tend to be the strong one in relationships. So, you know, I think this is interesting because, again, like, that's where some conflict can come in is when both people have strong personalities. But I think it's how you deal with those. I think Zia and I do a really good job of letting each other take the back seat sometimes mm-hmm. on, on different things. Like... You know, I, I know that there are some activities where it's like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to step back, let Zia do her thing because I know that she can she can really rock this one. And I think that when you guys are both strong personalities, like you have to you have to decide when you're going to let the other one like shine and, mm-hmm. and be in their element. Yeah. You know, I think that it's like when you talk about compatibility overall, it's like it is the ability to understand where the other person's mm-hmm. at and knowing their strengths and knowing, Hey, maybe this would be a fun opportunity for them. I want to be able to support them. How can I do that most effectively? Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, I think to something that was interesting, um, is that, you know, where, where each like role plays and like the other's needs and wants. So the eight, like you said, you're more practical concerned with results. Um, whereas twos are more people oriented, more openly altruistic. Um, eights often bask in the glow of twos affection (laughs) and adoration. I thought that that was kind of funny. And twos truly appreciate the eight strength and strengths and efforts because they see, you know, the often hidden self-sacrifice. So I thought that was cool. Um, but then I thought, uh, you know, something that was interesting with us is that twos tend to be more empathetic, indirect, eights are more direct, or indirect, <laughs> excuse me, and eights are more direct and independent. Twos tend to think to see things from the points of view of others, while eights simply <laughs> do not. I, um, I simply do not see it. Yeah. So I thought that that was kind of interesting, um, you know, because it did... It, it, it did align very much um, to the to the Myers Briggs, so I think that enneagrams were interesting. And then, of course, we we can't talk about compatibilities without giving a little a little sprinkle of astrology in there. <laughs> oh, thank you for giving me the floor. See, Courtney knows when I shine. <laughs> um, so, you know, as, you know, a lot of people laugh at laugh at astrology, and I think you know it's mostly it's just fun. It's a lot of fun, and sometimes it really is a strong read on yourself. Um, I'm an Aries and Courtney is a Pisces. So I am a fire sign and Court is a water sign. I think that's clear. And from the top of the podcast, when she's ar- said she is already in the pool, it, is, <laughs> it was January and this chick was already in the pool. Okay. So, and happy Pisces season, by Thank the way, you. happy Thank yours, you. happy Courtney season, as I prefer to say <laughs> it. 
Um, so, you know, when you talk about compatibility, there's a million things you can do. I would encourage you guys to go, um, you know, on the Sanctuary World app and um, type in your birth date, where you were born, find your sun, your moon, and your rising. So I'm like, I'm an Aries sun, I'm a Libra moon, and an Aquarius rising. So that means different things to, to different people. I don't need to go into that. But one aspect of astrology and compatibility that I do want to touch on is a concept that I think is kind of becoming more popular the more um, astrology is coming into pop culture a little bit more especially um, with the rise of TikTok there's a lot of astrology content that's that's quite fun Um, but that concept is twin flame versus soulmate so soulmate connection so you know it's often widely used like oh they're my soulmate I just love them so much but something that I want to talk about soulmates while we're in the friendship episode is a soulmate can be romantic or in a friendship. Like, I think Courtney is is one of my soulmates. You can have multiple soulmates. And, um, you know, what a soulmate really means is you are cut from from a similar energetic cloth. Mm. So it's souls that come in your life. And some people would argue um, there's something called a soul family that you have, where it's the same people in multiple lives over and over. Oh my goodness. That maybe, maybe you were a mother in my past life. Maybe, you know, you're... Maybe your boyfriend was a best friend or something like that. Gender is fluid. It doesn't, you know, those relationships change. If you were to believe in that, I think it's a really sweet thought that people come into your life over and over again or for whatever reason. Soulmates are great for long-term connections. Mm. So that's really the piece where people are like, they're my soulmate. And soulmates, they can be your lover. They can be your best friend. It could be a family member. So I think that's a little bit of a misconception on that point that people don't realize. I absolutely love that because, you know, I think that with our with our friendship, like it, it, it you know, it's like when you have like a best friend and like the way we interact with each other, the, the purpose that we have in each other's lives, it often does feel like that same level of intensity as being like in a romantic relationship, but just being platonic, right? Yeah. Like, you know... So I think that, you know, is definitely something to explore more. And we're going to dive into relationships mm-hmm. in some of our upcoming episodes. So I, I, I love to, um, to see when we have, uh, when we have a uh, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> my, my boyfriend on the podcast, what he thinks about the, the twin flame soulmate yeah. discussion. Yeah. Twin flame is really in a nutshell. It's your soul divided in two. Yeah. So it is the other half of you. You only have one. You might not ever meet them. That's fine. Usually meant to teach you a lesson, whether it's a good lesson or a negative lesson. Mm. Mostly romantic, though. Okay. Like, mostly always romantic. And you, you can definitely end up with that person, but sometimes they're just in your life for a season. But the thing with that is the connection is quick. Mm. Very quick. Feels like you've known them your entire life. So that's a little bit of a difference between soulmate and what a twin twin flame kind of energy is. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's that's definitely some new information for me with yeah. with uh, with fun. the astrology game. Yeah. I love it. Um, so, you know, we've talked a little bit about like these compatibilities, but I think it's worth mentioning like our like requirements for these quality friendships, yeah. like and how and how we develop them. And I think, you know, one of them is truly like just reciprocated effort. You know, mm-hmm. I think that in some of the friendships that I've moved on from, like I, I felt like I was being like drained, right? Like there was yeah. always like drama to talk about. There was always like Ugh. some complaining about them, you know? And like, you know, I, I would feel like I'm giving a lot and I'm just not really sure like what I'm getting in return. 
you know, I, it's like, what fills your cup? Is it an activity? Is it, is it a person? If that person isn't, isn't, you know, filling up your cup with more energy than an extra charged Duncan, then, <laughs> you know, then I just don't want it. And I, can I just have honesty hour with you real quick? I think what anyone and everyone really just wants is someone to care. Yeah. I think that's just so important. It's like, how are you investing your time? If someone really cares about you, they'll invest their time into you. Mm -hmm. They'll invest their time, their money, their energy. It's, it's, investment can come from, from anything really. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, like, you know, there, there are so many ways for people. And I think love languages is a a topic we'll get into, um, you know, at another time because that can go really deep, but like, Mm -hmm. There are so many ways to show people like how you care that can be appreciated. And I think that, you know, for us, like we really value when people go above and beyond, like, because that's something that we do and we try to like strive for. We're always thinking about like our friends and how we can show up for them. And, um, you know, with, with, with the exception of you aside, because I think we both are very much like this. Right. I had a friend recently who, I was at Target with her Mm -hmm. and I saw this dress and I was like, this is so pretty. I looked at the price tag and I was like, rip grad school budget right now. Like, don't know if I uh, don't know if that's the best monetary decision at the moment. Um, and so, you know, I left without it the next day I opened my door. There's a box outside, like with Valentine's wrapping, all that stuff with the dress inside it from that friend. How um, special is that? It was true. It was truly special. Like I honestly almost cried because I was just like, wow, just someone who like wanted to go out of their way to make my day and to make me feel like a special person. And like, it just, it, it made me feel like they were just as invested in this relationship as I was. Cause they're, cause they're a friend who's like relatively new in comparison to a lot of mm-hmm. the other people in my friend group. And it's something that like, yeah, I just, like, I know, like, that's something that, like, you would do, right. like, and you and I would do for each other, and so when, when I saw that in someone else, it was like, wow, it just felt, like, really, really good, like, and those are the feelings that I feel like we should try to, like, capture more of with our friends, because I will remember that for a long time. I think, too, it's, when we talk about requirements, I mean requirement, if you don't have that kind of reciprocated effort and energy and a friendship, it's, it's going to dwindle. Mm-hmm. It's not just something that you would like to have. It's not, so, it's something that you need in a yeah. friendship. So, you know, I think that, um, when we talk about friendships, whether they're female, female, male, 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 um, something to do when you want to develop friendships is to do some research and to read into them. So a book that one of our friends just recommended to us, I don't, I'm going to try to get the name right. Is it a Minotaur So and Ann Friedman called Big Friendship, How We Keep Each Other Close. Um, it's a, it takes a look at the highs and lows of a friendship and how it's an active decision to invest in one another again and again. You choose to show mm-hmm. up for each other, just like a romantic relationship over and over again. I absolutely loved that like tagline in the book that it was an active decision, right? Active. Because I think that 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 is exactly what we're talking about here where you have to put in like the effort and go out of your way because it just, it doesn't happen naturally. And mm-hmm. again, it doesn't have to be like something where you go out and you buy something for someone. Some of my best moments with some of my friends have been when I've just received a text that's like, Hey, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you and that I'm thinking about you. And I hope you have a great day. Like it's those kind of moments that are not that high of effort, like in terms of time and energy, right. but they make, 
a huge impact. Mm-hmm. Just like so big. It costs zero dollars to send a, a thoughtful text. A hundred already on your phone. Come on, people. <laughs> uh, but you know, when we're talking about requirements. Do you have aligned goals with your friends? Mm, yeah. Sometimes I think, you know, depending on the level of friendship, again, do you like activities or not? Do you both have aspirations, whether they're similar or not? I think you and I have different aspirations. Some of them are similar in our creative pursuits, I would say, but we have different professional aspirations. Yeah. I think when you talk about aligning goals, it's like overall life goals. What do you want to do with your life? And do they align? And can you see yourself with that other person? Being being uh, being neighbors in a nice neighborhood and then <laughs> going to each other's barbecues and stuff like that. You know, what are your goals and, and do they align? I think is something really important to evaluate with no matter what kind of friendship you have. Yeah, well, I think it's just like when you're looking for a romantic partner, right? Like, you know, oftentimes like you... You want someone who is like invested in their job, invested in like bettering themselves and growing and improving. And um, I think that that's something that's equally as important in relationships because, or friendships, just because, you know, it's boring, right? Like if you're someone who like is always on to the next goal, always wanting to play on activities, but like you have a person who's just like not as ambitious or not as Mm -hmm. like into doing like things it's just probably not going to work out because you're just always going to be wanting more from that person than they're able to give at that, at that place in their life. So I think that it is important to have, um, you know, those kinds of aligned goals. They don't have to be the exact same thing, but working towards something like someone Mm -hmm. who is just as purposeful as you are. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a key word purposeful. Um, and then, you know, beyond that passions, think goals and passions are two different things. Like passions are kind of follow that creative pursuit. Like Mm -hmm. what is it that, what's that random thing that I can support you in? If I don't have the same passion, how can I, how can I support you? Can I show up to the musical side project that you're doing? Can I, can I have one of your paintings that you, that you made for my home? That would be really special for me. Like how do you support your passions, but how do you share your passions as well? Like Mm -hmm. you and I have a shared passion for painting and creative pursuits this podcast, traveling, that's a big shared passion for both of us. So I think it's, it's like, how do you find fun in within those relationships to keep it fresh, new and exciting? Yeah, absolutely. I think that I think those are just like essential. Because if you don't have like those things as like a foundation, like of just enjoying each other's company and wanting to engage with each other (laughs) on that like level, then it's harder to get to the deeper emotional levels too. Um, So I think, you know, looking at that, like the, it's the effort, it's the, uh, you know, the alignment of compatibilities and those things that really help build those long lasting friendships. Um, And I wanted to, you know, touch briefly on like, you know, why are we even talking about this? Why, why do we think these relationships are important? I think Zia has been able to find uh, some really interesting research on that. Absolutely. Um, so it's like, why are we, why do we even do the things that we do? And why are relationships meaningful for your health? What does that, what does that mean? Whether it's, you know, these short-term relationships or those long-term relationships and close friendships, how does that actually impact you as a person overall? So some key points that I found, um, starting with uh, Mayo Clinic is the benefits include increasing your sense of belonging and purpose. I think that's really our, mm-hmm. our life's goal is trying to find purpose, boost your happiness and reduce your stress. The amount of studies that I saw that shows that friendships 
and intimate relationships reduce your level of stress. Stress directly meaning cortisol levels. Cortisol is good, you know, but too much cortisol, too much of a stress response is what leads to burnout. So friends help boost your happiness and boost your joy. Um, and then also improve your self-confidence and self-worth. Um, they, friends help you cope with traumas such as, you know, we're talking divorce, serious illness, um, job loss, loss of a death, loss of a loved one. Like the death of a loved one is something really, really traumatic. And, um, you know, you really want to make sure throughout your life, you never know what's going to happen to you. But if you have a couple close friends who can help you get through those hard times, your cortisol levels are going to decrease and, um, your longevity is going to increase. So my uh, burden is your burden. Baby. Yes. That's, that's, <laughs> oh my God. That's my favorite thing that you've ever said to me is, listen, my burden is your burden. I think, you know, I think it's that, that the em- mutual empath in us that we want to take on each other's stress, but it's, it's good to, you know, um, it's good to vent versus complain too sometimes. So, um, well, and I love this like study that you found too yeah. from Harvard that yeah. like they've, they've done a lot of research that shows that people who have satisfying relationships with family, friends, and their community, they're happier. They have fewer health problems. They live longer. Um, I thought this was, this was wild. So a, a relative lack of social ties is associated with depression, later life cognitive decline. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it really increases like that, that mortality rate. Yes. And, you know, you think about, you know, all these, these old folks in nursing homes, the reason why they try to engage them in activities is it because it helps with their cognitive improvement. It yeah. keeps, keeps them up to date. But, you know, there's even studies that I, that I found showing that, they, they quantified friendships. So three to four friends is really great for your, your mental health, but it, but that even increases like your longevity by like five to 10%, four to five friends, even longer. But they showed, I think most importantly, you know, maybe for our introverts who maybe, maybe you don't want a lot of friends that one friend simply is better than nothing. And it was one best friend and it was too, one, which is, I think a critical, like, you know, difference of like the one, like that one person who you have that really strong emotional tie with. Yeah. And I, when you're talking about emotional ties and you diving into social ties, People with strong social ties have a 50% chance, better chance of survival, um, living longer. According to, this was a clinical review of 150 studies with 300,000 people. Like these are actual statistics. And then beyond that, there's a 2005 Australian longitudinal study of aging. It found that close relationships, this, this made me laugh, I'm sorry, but close relationships with children and other relatives had very little impact on how long you live, but people with the most friends tended to outlive those with the fewest by 22%, 22% longer than other people. That made me laugh. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. That's how, that's how strong friendships are to people. And that's really, that's the actual clinical biological value of having even one to having one to five close friends throughout your life. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, the, why we bring all this up is when you're, you're thinking about like, you know, your priorities in a day, right? Like, you know, you have to work obviously, and there's things to keep in mind, like eating healthy and working out and those types of things. But friendship is a part of that health. It Mm -hmm. is a part of that healthy mindset. Um, and if you want to be kicking it golden girl style later in life with your besties, 
keeping it up, keeping up with those friendships can, can help you get to, to that, um, that healthy aging and, um, keeping up, keep, keep, keeping up those cognitive abilities. Yes. Can you just keep living so that you can keep me living? Oh my god! And gosh. then we can have this endless can cycle we live where we live, each other? live for each other and live oh my forever. God. Um, We're going to get too cringy. So, yeah. so on that on note, that note um, thank you for making us a part of your day. Um, now that we've chatted about how we are active participants in our friendships, let us know what you do to show up for your friends. Uh, hit us up on Instagram at on the agenda pod and there you'll see how we're keeping in touch with one another absolutely we hope you enjoyed this episode as a reminder we're on spotify apple and most other major podcast hosts for your listening convenience be sure to like and subscribe to get notified of our next episode and feel free to drop us a message to let us know what's on your agenda